0: I'm Britta. And I'm Cassie. I guess since this is a reflection episode, we can kind of skip how's our week for this brief moment, since that's going to be what the whole episode is about, is how life is going. Um, But what was your bright spot, Cassie? Well, let's see. We're going to go
1: into how I have not had very many bright spots lately (laughs) in the main part of our episode. But I do have one. Um, there's a new coffee shop that opened in my town. And if you guys are in the West Terre Haute area, you should absolutely check it out. It's called Maxville Coffee. This isn't paid or anything, but if they want to throw like a free coffee my way, I'm fine with it. But they have white chocolate raspberry. Like they have raspberry syrup. And Starbucks has been out of raspberry syrup forever. And my favorite drink is white chocolate raspberry latte. So I'm very excited about that. Their food is delicious. Their coffee is delicious. And I had a cake the other day. It was like a black silk. It was like a black forest cake. So like with the cherry and everything like that flavor, Mm. but in a French silk pie. Does that make sense? Do you understand what like like it had like the French silk pie but like the cherry liqueur in it and it was so good.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: I love I loved it. So anyways, if you're in this area, which I know a big majority of our listeners are,
0: definitely check it out. So Britta, what's your price spot? So I had also thought that I didn't really have a bright spot, and I was like, why are they all so superficial and stupid, and why is nothing good happening? (laughs) But when you mentioned most of our listeners are in the area, I was going to say, and hopefully I will be soon too. So I did, (laughs) I did get a lead on a store in about an hour away from Terre Haute. So the district manager called me yesterday to just introduce themselves and get some information about me, and then she is going to call back with the operational manager later next week so that he can ask me some questions, and then we'll go from there. So that's pretty exciting. I'm I'm not, like... I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm a little concerned that they won't think that I'm the best fit for the job just because I... Come from a much lower volume store than what that store is. But on the same tack, like I don't know how many other internal candidates they have. Like, I don't know if Danville is the hopping spot, okay? (laughs) Like (laughs) people are applying for that position. So hopefully they at least consider me better than somebody who has never been a store manager with a company. (laughs) I
1: I am my fingers are crossed and my toes are crossed and I'm just so I really hope you get it because that will make my life just that will be my bright spot for an entire year
0: and houses in Danville are like dirt cheap and like I have a lot of anxiety about having to sell this house which like is not sell ready at all. And I'm by myself. <laughs> I work 50 <laughs> hours a week. But, like, I have a lot of anxiety about selling a house and moving and finding a place to live and, you know, all of that. But, like, I was looking at homes down there and, like, I'm going to get a legit mansion. <laughs> there, was a, there was like a six bedroom house that was like $150,000 and I was like, listen, I don't give a shit what this town is like. I'm going to live there. <laughs> like, the kids don't have to go to school in my neighborhood, so I don't have to give a shit about what the neighborhood is like. As long as people are not going to stab me when I'm walking out to my car, don't care. <laughs> So that's exciting. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Slanted ceiling.
1: Are you leaving uh, that in?
0: <laughs> maybe. We'll see. We'll
1: see how I feel. Okay, so this week is a reflection episode, so I guess we're just talking about ourselves. Yeah, we're just talking shit about our lives now. All right, so Britta, I guess, do you want to start or do you want me to start?
0: Um, doesn't matter to me. You can go ahead and start. Well. Tell me about life. My life
1: has been... Ugh. It's nice because everything is kind of slowed down at work right now because inventory's over, the holidays are over, we're going into our slow period. But also, I have been really, really bad about therapy lately, and I've been missing out on it because, like, I've just been so busy, and I can come up with a million and one excuses, but I really think it's just because I've been, like, just spiraling down. But I am, I scheduled an appointment and then I'm going to do like this extensive like outpatient thing at one of the local mental health facilities because I, I really need something. I need to get shit back in order and I have not been taking care of myself mentally lately. So hopefully that is, hopefully that helps me get back on track and I don't know, I just, I feel like December was a hard month, I don't know if I went over this in the podcast before or not, but December is typically, like, my hardest month of the year anymore, and I get, like, there's a lot of trauma associated with that month, and then a lot of grief, and also, like, I get really bad seasonal affective disorder, depression, whatever, I get sad, Uh, (laughs) so I have not been going to a good place but I feel like now I'm more proactive than I was so it's like I can feel myself stepping like slowly kind of transitioning towards that negative place that I've been before and I am willing and ready to get help for it before it turns into something serious so
0: yeah I think uh I think with all the shit that you you know associate December with like it's probably like obviously you don't want to like not take care of yourself and stuff, but I mean, it's probably, I would think, not completely unhealthy to like give yourself a fucking break on working on things, you know? Yeah. Like, you're overwhelmed with all the emotions that you're going through, and I think that not giving a fuck for a month is probably okay. Right. Like, right. in that circumstance, <laughs> and. And now you know December is over and you're moving forward right. so I think that that's probably I think probably it's okay
1: I think it's okay in the sense that yes um, I took that whole month to kind of just, I don't know, just have my own little breakdown and all of that, but now I'm getting help for it. So, if it were, if I were just letting myself continue, then that'd be a different story. Right, like, if it was snowballing
0: now, like, if you were still like, fuck this, I don't care, Right? then that would definitely be an issue, uh, and I mean, like I said, like, it's not great, obviously, that you didn't have a good month, like, but I think that... Like, give yourself some grace. You're you're allowed to right. sulk for a month because that month fucking sucks. Right. Like. And,
1: I mean, I don't know. I guess we can kind of talk about, like, how our holidays were because this was both of our first holidays really without, like, which I guess yours, like, you guys kind of still did a holiday together and stuff with the kids, but it's um, both of our first holidays without our significant others and i've never been alone on the holidays at all during my adult life so this was my first holiday alone and christmas was just like on top of everything else that was going on christmas was so overwhelming and i didn't have anywhere to go we usually did like a big christmas family function and everything and i didn't have anything and that was a little depressing and that brought me down and then like new year's i didn't have anything to do on new year's which like i had been i've been dating somebody and they're like they're long distance and everything so we did like a video chat and played games and stuff and that was nice but it wasn't it wasn't what i'm used to so that was difficult having like a holiday by myself i guess but i made it through and i made it through december and i made it through all of the difficult parts at work and that was great. Um and now I am trying to get my mental health back on track. I'm going to get back with journaling and hopefully just hopefully start this new year with a new brain.
0: For sure. For <laughs> sure. You'll get it eventually. And then hopefully next December the dip will be a little bit
1: yeah yeah that's the goal that's the goal and i mean hopefully if it is as severe as it was this december which i will be honest it was pretty severe um maybe not as severe as my dip in august but (laughs) (laughs) but it was pretty it was pretty up there um but which
0: is probably (laughs) saying something about where you're at in your mental state too because i feel like if you were like if everything that was affecting you in august had happened in November and then December hit, like that could have been you know You might not pretty, have a, you might not awful. have a Cassie here. <laughs> <Like>. Right, exactly. <laughs> like that might have been too much. So, you know, it's good that you had done some work between August and December to right. get to yourself to a place to where it was a slump and not a disaster.
1: Right. And I'm thinking if maybe if I continue to do that work then Next time I hit a slump, which I'm sure will be well before December, because let's be honest, I'm up and down constantly, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I'm sure shit will happen well before then. And next time I hit that slump, then hopefully it's just a little, it gets a little bit smaller each time and I know how to get help for it. And I know how to, you know, get myself back on track. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's me. So, so, Brenda, how have you been lately?
0: Um, I've been okay. So, I'll start with the holidays. December isn't a particularly hard month for me generally, but like you said, it was my, my first one after officially being single. I had a really hard time getting into the holiday cheer, the, the spirit of things. Oh, yeah. Just because I wasn't really sure how the holidays would go. So I was a little bit stressing about it. And honestly, afterwards, I feel like I have a lot to be grateful for. Like, I, you know, obviously the outcome of my marriage was not ideal. This isn't where I wanted things to end up. But, like, he still brought Foster up for Christmas. And we spent, we, I went to his parents for Christmas Eve and spent the, the afternoon with them, family. And then, you know, we did Christmas morning with the boys here. Um so it was really nice to not feel like we had broken our family up or like you know right. changed that dynamic, I guess because we do get along really well and we can be in a room together and enjoy each other's company without you know things being hostile or awkward or whatever
1: and can we give a shout out to Dave like
0: I'm yeah just saying. I, was, I was gonna talk <laughs> about I was gonna talk about that and then David was on break from work, so I had taken a vacation the week after christmas and i told him that i would keep foster for the first part of the week since we were both on vacation and you know foster is objectively the more difficult child in this family (laughs) he's a little (laughs) bit more high maintenance than finley so i was like you know you deserve a break from from that stress as well so you know and i miss him obviously so i Took foster for the first few days, which was nice. Like there were definitely difficult moments, but I feel like because I don't have him as often as I normally do, it was a lot easier for me to maintain my patience when he has like meltdowns over things that are quote unquote like silly. And it's a lot easier for me to say, okay, like take a breath, be patient, be calm and like practice gentle parenting instead of just being like overwhelmed and frustrated and like losing my cool on him so that was nice and then I had to take him back down to Terre Haute so and do Christmas with like my dad and stuff so we went to Terre Haute and we wanted to have like a girls night where we went out to dinner and hung out in the evening or whatever and David you know I feel like he really goes above and beyond in a lot of ways and as an ex-husband same thing. Like he offered to take all of my friends' kids. I have, you know, it was me and my three best friends and like collectively we have like 372 children somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up watching, you know, he had both of our kids and then he had, he had Sharae and, and Cassie's older kids. So he had three older kids and then he had Chantel and Cassie's younger kids too. So he had the three little ones and three teens in his little small apartment and you know kept them all night fed them dinner and let them play games and stuff and they absolutely love going over there and hanging out so Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's something that most partners wouldn't do like most most men in general are not going to be like let me watch our children and all of your friends kids so that you can have a night let alone like ex-partners like he's obviously not doing this like to curry favor, like, or anything like that, (laughs) like, he just is a good guy, and, and is super helpful, and so, I thought that was really cool, and all my friends really, really appreciated him, uh, doing that for us, and this is actually, this is the second time he's done that, for the record, he did it, uh, back in, October, was it, October, when we all got together, too, and he kept, uh, kept us like, five or six kids over there,
1: so. Yeah. That was really awesome. And my kids absolutely loved going over there, and I will say, like, even though Sydney is, I think the older three are pretty chill and easygoing, Mm -hmm. so not that, like, he wasn't, because I still think, it's wonderful that he took them, and it's um, taking on a big task, because right. and it's a small a space, small, so as yeah. chill as
0: they are, they're also, they can be loud, you know, right, right, like, right. while they're playing games and stuff, so it's right. not like you have peace and quiet. They're not high maintenance. But, like, the younger
1: three, especially are, are all demons. Yes, yes. <laughs> they are, they are insane. They're a handful <laughs> just with one of them. And yeah. I, I think Isla's, uh, like, I think Chantel's daughter's maybe the easiest going but she can also be a handful and Cora and Foster together is just like just the two of them together is like right I want and to them throw the... I just want to eat them. <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, those
0: two separately is difficult, and it's like you multiply it when you put them together. Right, 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 right. And so, Like Isla and... I don't know how Cora and, and Isla play, but Isla and Foster... They play really Foster, well, but... I was going to say Isla and Foster play together really well. Isla and Cora play together really well. Cora and Foster are, like, at a constant battle of wills. But like, they love each other. They love... They love each other. They
1: love hanging out so much, but, like, Cora it's does like that. a toxic
0: friendship. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, Cora does that with, with Isla, too though where she's like like if Isla doesn't want to play the same exact thing she's playing Mm -hmm. she's like she doesn't want to do this I'm like Cora she's like three years younger than you calm calm the fuck down (laughs) like just (laughs) so
0: also I I just remembered another little mini bright spot for my week is when I went down there I got to Shereya's house and typically like I'm always trying to get Chantel's daughter to like hug me and like, oh, come play with me. And she's just like, fuck this bitch. I don't want nothing to do with her. She's just really shy around me because I'm not around very much, you know? And when I went down there, I opened the door and Chantel came over and hugged me. And like Isla came over, like she was going to also hug me. And then I was like, oh my God, like, is she going to greet me with a hug? And like, then she ended up like going around and like, Hugging Chantelle, and I was, I laughed and I was like, Oh, I thought she was coming to hug me. I got excited, and then she came and hugged me. And like, this kid and I were joined at the hip for the rest of the like two uh-huh. or three days I was down there. Like, she was like cuddling with me on the couch and stuff like that. The flip side of this is like, Chantelle and Sheree are always talking about how like she's just as bad as Foster and all this stuff, and I'm like, I don't see it like she's like don't get me wrong you can tell that she could be a little stubborn but like I've never seen her throw a fit like the worst I've ever seen is her get like a little huffy you know and (laughs) with her being comfortable with me she apparently (laughs) decided that now's the time like at one point she was like laying on me and like laying across me and Chantel, and was just kicking me like constantly hard Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we were like, "What are you doing? Stop!" And then like we finally got her to stop doing that, and then like she would come up and like hit Chantel. So Chantel was like, "Okay, we're going to bed." And then like she was just pissed off about having to go to sleep with everybody downstairs. Oh, yeah. yeah, and so like it was it was very very evident that I had not seen that side of her at all Um, yeah and like obviously not to say that she's a bad kid like no when I say when I say that any of our children are demons or bad like I don't really mean that they're bad children I mean that they're difficult for us as parents a little bit because we have to like reroute our thinking and be extra patient with them but like they're obviously not like malicious children. <laughs> no, no.
1: They're they're really sweet and like Cora's Cora's super sweet, um and loving and I know Foster's really loving too. Um but they are they can be a handful. But I have yeah. seen that side of her before just because like usually when Chantelle and I hang out it's like in the evening. Um mm-hmm. so it's right before bedtime. <laughs> and I'm like, ah <laughs> she gets real cranky before bed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So. Yeah, and I think that's just what it was, was she was overstimulated and tired oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like, all the kids are going through, you know, their parents splitting up and, like, all this right, shit. Right, so, right. like, that's not, you know, as as difficult as it as it is for us. It's it's doubly so for them because they don't fully understand everything, you know.
1: I, I will also say I have a little bright spot to kind of... In- In relation to that, is that for a long time, Cora's been going through some counseling at school. You know, I talked to her teacher, and she's—I talked to her principal and everything—and they recommended counseling. And like, I was immediately on board with it. And she's been going through that. And I talked to her counselor about a week before school let out, and she was telling me she's getting. More to a point where she's accepting of the divorce and everything. And I can tell that she's getting a lot more accepting when she's at home, too. There's still times when she is, like... I guess, like, she misses mommy and she misses daddy when she's apart from us. But outside of that she's definitely like she's not trying to get us back together she's not trying to like guilt me or which I think was a big issue for a little while was why did you leave my dad and I'm like uh uh-huh, can I not <laughs> can I not explain this to a seven-year-old because yeah we're <laughs> but like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of just being like, well, we weren't happy together and da-da-da-da-da. But she's not, like... She's starting to accept it, and she's starting to understand more. And I think her behavior is a reflection of that, too. Because her behavior, like, for a while, she was very much attention-seeking. And Mm -hmm. I think she's getting a lot better about that and i think gunner is too because i think he took it really hard and he's kind of coming out of that a lot as well so i will say that's a bright spot on my end sydney never really i mean she has some like she had some emotional like some issues with it and everything. I mean, obviously, this is what she's known for 10 years, but she wasn't as upset as the other kids or didn't go through as much grief as right. the other kids. But I think, all in all, they were all really... They're all really starting to understand and accept it, and that's that's yeah. pretty
0: cool. I think it probably helps for Gunner, like, because for him especially... I mean, he's a little bit younger than Sydney, but right. not by much. I feel like being a boy and already having kind of, for a long time, not a consistent relationship right. with his dad, and then losing the other father figure in his Which life. Which essentially was the like, only father
1: figure he had, because we were, he was two years right. old when Devin and I started dating, so.
0: Right. so So, like, I could feel, I feel like that would be, like, a particularly hard struggle for him, and I think probably staying with his yeah. dad right now His yeah, is helping agree. That a lot you know what i mean like he still feels like he has has right i agree i agree <laughs> like, and i think
1: i think that's going pretty well too like um but i think that's definitely played a big part in it i mean he's had to adjust to going to a new school so that's been a little trying and is he a, is he in yeah oh god yeah <laughs> Oh no. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: whole new set of trauma for that poor boy. But he has a
1: lot of cousins there which I know you did too, but he has a lot of cousins like <laughs> that he's really close to. But yeah, I think I think he's adjusting to the new school and I think that's been really good for him to kind of be in be with his dad a lot more. Yeah. And he still gets to spend time with me and with the girls and everything too. It's been really weird though, just having Sydney here. Like, for the yeah, for I the bet. majority of the time, because I have Cora about half the time, and Gunnar comes, like, maybe one or two days throughout the week, and I mean, I talk to him and stuff throughout the week, too, but he just comes sporadically, and so, 50% of the time, it's just me and Sydney here, and I'm like, where is all the noise? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> where is all the chaos? What's happening? <laughs>
0: right. So... But that's nice because, like, obviously, like I said, like, I miss having Foster around, but he is chaotic, and he requires a lot of attention and a lot of patience and a lot of stuff. And if anything, the four days that I spent with him really solidified the fact that I feel like if I had been, if he had stayed up here with me, which is impossible because of my job, but if he had stayed up here with me with the mental state that I was in, three months ago Mm -hmm. like I would not have been a good parent right like I just I feel like there's there's no way I would have been able to maintain any level of patience or like consideration for his feelings or anything Mm -hmm. like that like you know Finley is easy in that regard like he doesn't doesn't complain and you know he the the things that he needs from me is like you know, can I go to my friend's house? Can my friends come over here? Can I have some money to go do a thing? Like, whatever. Like, but he doesn't... He's 14, so he doesn't require that, like, attention. Like, if he wants attention, he'll come sit in bed with me and watch TikToks together. Right. You know? Like, it's not like I have to... To... I don't know. I guess be as active as a parent, and I don't, I don't think I had that in right, me. Right, 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 right. And... You know, to be that active. That's kind
1: of how I was in December, too, where I was like, I don't... Right. I... Obviously, like, I had Cora, and, like, typically Devin has her throughout the week, and, like, I'll have her the later part of the week just so, just because it's easier with my job, and December I was working some overnights, and it was insane, so there was really no possible way for me to keep her throughout the week and get her to school on time and stuff, so only having her that latter part of the week really helped because I I don't know if I could have handled all of that. So I, I am appreciative of that and he's been right. he's been working with me like we work pretty well as far as co parenting goes at this point.
0: Right. So So in therapy lately we've been doing like every couple of weeks because therapists are hard to come by, honestly, and she's very, very booked up. Mm-hmm. So typically by the time I have an appointment she's booked two weeks out, so we just schedule when we can, but we have been basically working on figuring out how to, like, really love myself. Like, I feel like I have the ideals of being confident and loving myself like i know that i'm a worthy human being no matter what i i know all of the ideology behind self-worth and self-love but i don't practice it so like things that reflect that i don't actually value myself as much as i value other people are like i don't do things by myself like i don't explore my area. I don't go, you know, on little adventures alone mm-hmm. because I feel like if I'm not sharing that experience with somebody, what's the point in doing right. it? Which is obviously not a very healthy <laughs> way to, like it should be because I'm experiencing it and I'm worthy of having that experience. And some part of me obviously doesn't feel like that's the case. So the uh, a, kind of a roadblock with that is moving up here I've realized that I have more social anxiety than I realized when I lived in my hometown and was surrounded by friends and anytime I wanted to go do something or or check something out I always had somebody willing to go with me because all of my friends and family are, are there and up here that's not really the case so there have been numerous occasions where I will be like, I'm going to go check this place out and it'll be like on my mind for weeks. Like I'm going to go check it out. Sometimes I'll even drive there. Sometimes I'll even get out of my car and go out to the door and then like be like, no, (laughs) I'll get back in my car and go home. And like, I have this like overwhelming fear of not knowing what i'm doing like like one one instance was when i first started vaping there was a vape shop right down the road and i wanted to go see what they had and see about buying a, a vape because i think this was right after Sh- Chantel and sharia had come up and like i tried them for the first time and i literally went up to the door and i was like i don't even know like what i'm looking for i don't know anything about vapes like <laughs> it was such a silly like thing and i was like i'm going to look stupid I'm just gonna go home. Right. <laughs> because I was like scared to go in and be like, hey, I tried a disposable vape over the weekend and I really liked it and I wanted to check them out. Like that was too frightening for me. And it's the same way, uh, for everything. Like, I'll be like, Man, I wanna try out this restaurant, and because I'm not familiar with ordering there, I'm too afraid to go check it out myself. And like I think that you have been witness to this. I don't have that issue when I'm with other right, people. Right, right. Like if I'm with if I'm with you I'll go anywhere new and I don't care and I think that like to me I'm like and you're very outgoing when even you're if with us like when you're with your friends right like if I'm if I'm with somebody if I, if you and I are gonna go check out a new breakfast place mm-hmm. and I say something stupid while I'm ordering it I know you and I are gonna laugh it off and I don't really care what anybody else right. thinks but if I'm by myself like I feel like I don't have that like other person being like oh wow that was silly (laughs) but but unimportant overall and I just feel so self-conscious about it and you know like my therapist she's like she's like okay tell me about you know last time you were at the grocery store tell me about somebody who did something really stupid when was last time you saw somebody do something really stupid at the grocery store and I'm like I have no idea, like, and she's like, exactly, nobody's fucking looking at you, (laughs) like, and she's like, nobody cares if you say something stupid, nobody cares if you're wearing something stupid, like, it is, she's like, not to say, like, obviously, every individual is important, but on the same, like, on the flip side, like, none of us are that important, you know, like, no, I'm not a celebrity, nobody's, like, watching my every move while I'm walking into an unfamiliar store or restaurant like it's not happening so anyway that's something that we've been working on she wants me to set a goal like once a week to just go somewhere and she's like whether you're you know buying yourself lunch or you know window shopping or visiting and sitting somewhere and people watching yeah exactly (laughs) so that was that was the the goal for what was it two weeks ago Mm -hmm. was to go to the antique store And I did, and it was nice. But then this week, my goal was there's a taco place in Crown Point, which is like 25 minutes from here. And I was like, I'm going to go have lunch on my day off at this taco place. And I realized that I might have been a little (laughs) self-sabotaging because... I got ready, like I did my hair and I got dressed and I put on a little bit of makeup and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go check out this taco joint." But I had bought some COVID tests, some, some at home tests, and I was like, "You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna check before I go to see." And there was a faint line, so I'm potentially positive. I'm gonna get a, an official test today, but. Like thinking on it, like obviously, if I have COVID, I'm glad I didn't go sit in a restaurant, unmask myself, and eat tacos in a room full of people. Right. Okay, like good on me, good call overall, but at the same time, like, why did I choose that moment to take that test? Was I just trying to get out of going to the taco place? I was like, you, I'm watching you, me. Like, <laughs> so, you know, that when we figure out what's going on with the COVID situation, I will definitely make sure that I visit there because I think that that was a A little shady of me. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, obviously I'm not going to go. Yeah, but I mean, safe. Right, like, exactly. Like, I'm glad I did it. Like, it was the right move, but I think maybe that the motivations behind it were not correct. correct. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't great motivation. (laughs) So, along with antique store visit... Ah, my eyes are watery. Oh, you're yeah. very emotional. <laughs> oh, you're crying. Oh. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm really sad about tacos. <laughs> so, I want to approach this delicately because it's a strange situation. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, like, details about other people I'm not wanting to. And so, I ended up going out to get coffee with a guy. And, like, when we talked and said, hey, maybe we should meet up for coffee, I straight told him, I was like, listen, I am in no position to be dating or, like, pre-dating or, like, romantically involved with anybody. Like, my head isn't right for it. If I gave your therapist my resume, they would be like, what are you doing with your life? Why are you (laughs) seeing this person? And But I said, you know, I, I do have a critical shortage of friends in this area and you know I'd be totally down for meeting up just as friends. So we did and it was really fun. He's a really great guy. He is like pro-therapy. We our brains work the same on a lot of things. It was kind of one of those conversations where you say something that is like potentially embarrassing and you're like oh my god why did I just say that to like this acquaintance and then they're like oh my god same and they're Like, oh, wow, <laughs> like, we're both weird that's cool so it was really nice and you know I hope we get to hang out again but again like it's been really strange since realizing what a liar I am to myself uh-huh. <laughs> like, and kind of unmasking like that portion of my brain and being like okay listen you're a shady bitch and you're constantly like gymnasting bullshit in here to like fit narratives you want to believe. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, potentially, basically, I'm afraid to tell my therapist that I had coffee with a guy as friends, (laughs) like, which is weird to me. And like I said, like, I don't, I would consider this guy at this point, like, we don't know each other super well, but I would consider him as somebody who would be a good candidate to date, okay? So like, is that cheat dating? Like I shouldn't <laughs> be dating, but am I like? Am I still like like finding a workaround for it? And then I, I, I'm like, okay, well, why am I afraid to talk either way? Like whether I end up like, say, me and this guy end up boyfriend and girlfriend next mm-hmm. week, which isn't gonna happen, but like, say that's the case, still, why would I be afraid to tell my therapist that? And my issue, what I what I've come up with, my like my core issue is that like I am terrified of like messing up to an authority figure you know like admitting that I've done something that I shouldn't do so like if this is some kind of like shady like rerouting of my brain to be like haha I get to date but I'm not dating so it's fine like (laughs) like whatever like I don't want to be like hey I'm doing something that maybe I shouldn't be doing because I see her as a point of like authority and I'm like is that A normal way to view your therapist, even like, Like, is that how most people? Yeah, like, like because yes, she is an authority in her field, and yes, she's like a professional, and she is you know well versed in mental health and and toxic behaviors and stuff like that. So like, like yes, she can tell me what I'm doing is wrong, right? But like in terms of an authority figure, like, uh, she can't ground me. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she can't she can't really punish me for, like, doing anything. She's not a life cop or a parent or whatever. Like, she's just somebody whose opinion I should respect, really. Right. And I'm like, And who's there so to help you. Why? Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, help me navigate these things, like, when I make wrong decisions. So I'm like, why do I see her as, like, this, like, authority figure who's gonna be, like, why the fuck are you doing that? It's stupid. Because I don't think that's how... Like, worst case scenario, she's going to be like, I don't like it, right, <laughs> you know, right. I don't love it, but you're going to do what you're going to do. But So I thought that was kind of weird. So it's something that that's on my goal list, my personal goal list to bring up with her. I, I have another appointment in about a week or so. is to kind of bring up not only, you know, hey, I, I did go out to coffee with this guy, and, you know, we, we hit it off pretty well, but also, like the book is my brain so afraid of with having these conversations with you because there is definite anxiety in having that conversation and i just think it's kind of kind of strange like like she said when when i had told her you know the whole story about david and i breaking up and and everything that happened there she was like She's like, what concerns me is like, you know, this is a safe space. Like, this is where you're supposed to come tell your secrets. <laughs> you know, right. like this is, I can't tell anybody. I can't, you know, whatever. And we don't even see each other in person. Like, we're telehealth, so like, right. it's probably the safest possible thing. Right. It's not She's like not anything could happen. At you. Right, exactly. <laughs> or like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm even afraid of. Like, I don't even know what possible outcome I could be afraid of other than just like disappointing her as an authority figure, right. you know? <laughs> like, but uh, I think that kind of so, also you goes know.
1: along with your fear of disappointing people, though.
0: Because, yeah, yeah, a just like a, an overarching fear of rejection, abandonment, right. disappointing people, et cetera. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think knowing, I think three months ago, not realizing that that is such a. Uh, an issue in my life that I will literally lie to myself over it and now like I can kind of break it down and be like okay this is clearly where this is stemming from and this is what her and I are trying to fix <laughs> is this this you know like having these conversations and stuff I'm like okay well it's obviously important that I have this conversation with her because that is literally what we're trying to get past and if I can't have this conversation with her what makes me think that I'm going to be able to have these conversations with anybody I might be in a relationship with later you know and yeah I think that uh that's definitely my goal so we'll let you know after the 18th (laughs) if I froze up or if I did the thing last night I saw (laughs) this is This is stupid, but it really helped my mental health. Last night I saw a TikTok of a girl at some kind of event, and she saw Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) I just watched that, too, but you said Dwayne. And so so she, you know, they're in this big crowd, and she's, she's videotaping him from, like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet away, and she's, like, screaming the lyrics to his rap song uh, to him, and, like, he looks up at her, and then he just, like, starts excitingly chanting along, like, singing with it, like, yeah, this bitch knows my jam, and it, like, I literally watched it 20 times last (laughs) night, and every time, I was just like, oh, I love this so much, I don't know why, but whatever it was, it, like, really, really brought up the serotonin level. (laughs) Uh, Because
1: she has that confidence that you want.
0: Maybe, maybe, and then she's not met with rejection, right, which is, exactly. like, what I feel like, I feel like most celebrities would be, like, hey, okay, hi, yeah. I think I'm busy over here, and this guy was, like, yes, like, <laughs> and then she said, in the comments, she said that later, like, 15 minutes later, he came back and found them and sang it with him again, like, he was so oh pumped, he was, like, let's do it again, it. Love sing love the song. It. <laughs> and I'm just, like, I'm like he just seems like such a good soul like oh my god what if the rock should be my therapist <laughs> no don't. I gotta call the rock I gotta call the rock and tell him all my secrets <laughs> <laughs> he'll accept me for what yes. I am yes, <laughs> yes he will <laughs> so uh, did you have anything else to add no I don't think so that's it I made a friend I am working on loving myself I've been journaling since the 31st. Awesome. And that's been going well. So, recently,
1: um, I know, like, actually, Britta suggested this to me to watch the movie Encanto, and so I know we both watched it, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit, because, one, it's our new obsession in our household. My daughter, I haven't mentioned this on here, but my daughter is a very obsessive person. Like she's definitely like me where it's like when she gets hooked on something, she is hooked. She's like and like we literally when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, because we're not rich people, we can't watch it in theaters or not theaters. We're live. We can't watch it on Broadway or anything or live or anything like that. But when it came out on Disney Plus, we literally like were obsessed with it for a good year. I mean we still are, but it's wonderful. So in Kanto released on Disney Plus not too long ago. I think it was Christmas Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we watched it shortly after that and that movie is one, it's it's Lin-Manuel Miranda is just a fucking like, he's a gem.
0: Like, I... Listen, I don't know where Lin-Manuel Miranda got my diary. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but back to you better right. for just putting it out right? There. Right, right, right,
1: right. <laughs> and it's like he just, he just. So the song surface pressure, really. I know. Britta and I have talked about this, but that song, the first time I heard it was before I even watched the movie and I was like, fuck, I gotta watch this. <laughs> I,
0: had, <laughs> I had literally I had literally downloaded it probably two weeks before I saw the movie mm-hmm. and had listened to it in my car like eight times. Right, right. Because right. I was like this song is me. Right. And then like <laughs> the part
1: where he says like, where she Louisa, who is literally the strong one in the movie but also like an allegory for the like the emotionally strong one in the family which I feel like was a big thing between me I only have one sibling but I feel like that was kind of me as a child where I'm like I'm the one taking on all of the pressure and all of the like the emotions and stuff to kind of make sure that everything is feels at least feels somewhat normal because it's not and like the part where she says i feel like shit i can't remember the exact lyrics i feel like i'm worthless
0: if i can't be of service yes
1: yes that that like oh my god that hit me and then where was the other one give it to your sister your sister's stronger and never wonder if the same pressure would pull you under uh, some yeah. Something along those lines. I don't think that's the exact lyric, but that's the basis of it. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. Like, and not to say, because I feel like as my brother and I have grown, we've definitely shifted in a sense where he's taken on a lot more as an adult. But that whole movie is basically just like, an allegory is allegory the right word (laughs) (laughs) but that whole movie is basically just an allegory for like dysfunctional families and generational trauma generational trauma exactly and breaking that cycle and you know finding finding your worth And I just think Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. So I know it's a cartoon and it's meant for children, but if you're an adult, you should still watch it. Like, everyone should watch it. Yeah, I
0: genuinely, going into it, like, the only thing I knew about this movie was that one song that I knew I absolutely loved. And, you know, that obviously sparked my interest and I was like, okay, I want to see what this movie's about. And I thought it was going to be, like, a big uh, adventure drama. Uh Like, they had to, like, go and travel and find something. And, like, I had... No clue what the plot of this thing was. And then going into it, like... I mean, it was pretty quickly that I realized exactly what this movie was about. And I've seen it said in other reviews of this movie before. Like, most... Like, musical cartoons, Disney movies, uh, CGI, like, Pixar and stuff like that. They are kids' movies with a few, like, uh, jokes and stuff thrown in for adult purposes, you know? Right. Like, things that kids won't get that you're like, ha I see you there. And Encanto is a movie for adults that has fun music and bright colors for children. Right. Because this movie is not created for children, and I don't think that, I'm not saying at all that it would be bad for your kids to watch this. I think it's great for them to watch this because it teaches them a lesson that all of us learned way too late in life that the only way to heal and find your worth and figure out how to love yourself for what you are or what you are or whatever is to stand up to your bullies and not just take it because, spoiler alert here, like, everybody in that family just shut up and did what Abuela said, you know? Right. Like, they they just performed for her, and then Maribel stood up to her and was like, you're killing these people. Like, you're destroying the family. You're making everybody unhappy because you need things to be this certain way, and we can't always be strong. We can't always be magical and perfect. Right. Like, fucking stop. And, you know, that's, What brought the family together and I think that's a super important lesson so like I'm not saying it's inappropriate for children I'm just saying that this is clearly a message to our generation who you know I feel like I'm finding that 98% of us were not emotionally cared for as children just because of the the generational differences and trauma that was carried from the generations before us. Because I mean, exactly. Abuela had her own trauma, and right? And it wasn't it wasn't that she was a bad person. She was exactly. scared of losing her family, exactly. and it wasn't she wasn't intentionally hurting her family. She wasn't like a shitty shitty human being. And the reason she was yeah. trying to protect her family by having this certain, you know we have to be this certain kind of way so that we can protect our magic because that's what makes our family great and she didn't realize how much she was hurting anybody because nobody would stand up to her because she's what made this family what it was, right. basically. And, yeah, like, it's not that Abuela was a bad person, even. It was that she didn't know what she was doing was right. wrong, because she was doing it out of fear, and because it was created by trauma. Right, right, right. Like, and that's exactly how we were all raised. Right, exactly, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then, like, I love the
1: end where, so the line at the end and that last song, shit, I can't remember the name of it now, but the very last song where she says, like, This family is full of stars. Everybody wants to shine, but the stars don't shine. They burn, and the constellations shift. And it's, like, that's so – that's just such a powerful way of putting it because, like, yeah, everyone in that family, they want it to shine. They want it to be, like, I'm going to be the best. But that's not how – that's not how it actually works. That's not – you can't be – you can't always be the best you can't always be perfect and like the daughter who was constantly trying to be the perfect one even though her life seemed so perfect on the outside and she was always making these flowers bloom and everything like that but she was so unhappy because of like, it, I don't know. It's just such a good movie. That
0: song fucked me up, too. Man. I know! Like when, you know, they start off, they start off and they're all pissed off at each other and whatever, and then she makes the cactus and then everything shifts and you're just like, oh my god. She's so, like, and it's yeah. yeah, and then, like, because that's one of the things where you're like, you think
1: that she's so happy because... Right. I was listening to it. Listen, guys. There's so many spoilers right now. So unless you've yeah, seen the movie, you should just skip forward and watch it. <laughs> but um, like <laughs> right now, whenever go. during the song, we don't talk about Bruno. Like Sydney and I were talking about it because Isabella's her line was like he said that all my. Why can't I remember lyrics right now? Mm, I can ever. I can never He told me that all my dreams and basically told her that her life was going to be perfect her powers would bloom and grow and that everything she ever wanted in life was going to come true and when you hear that song earlier in the movie you're like oh okay because she already has the perfect life so that's why but then you can kind of see how that's frustrating after watching her song because right. like you're it like, doesn't
0: make sense in when you're watching Let's Talk About Bruno, it doesn't really make sense because everybody else is getting all this shitty readings and she's just like, everything's gonna be perfect for me. Oh, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> but they, like,
0: And then later you're like, oh.
1: She hates it all. Oh, like, she's so unhappy oh, but she's trying to put yeah. on this facade where it's like, everything is perfect and I'm going to marry this guy that I actually don't want to marry because I just want this family to grow and I want everything to seem perfect on the surface. Because what Abuela
0: needs me to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, her discovering like, that I don't have to be perfect. I can make, like, look at these beautiful cactuses and sundews and all of these really cool things that I can make, and they're not, like, they're just as beautiful as the flowers that I create. So right, that's really cool.
0: Yeah. All in all, like, I it's funny because while watching the movie, like, Finley and I watched it together. And I'm explaining to him like, oh, this is about generational trauma and breaking the cycle, and I'm like all passionate about it, you know? Like <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and this bitch needs stood up to, and da 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 da. And he's like slowly backing out of the room, like, okay, but that Bruno song is cool,
1: right, right, right. <laughs> Fills with
0: so many. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> at least I feel like I'm not traumatizing him if he doesn't get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, is it bad that my daughter got it? Jeez. Oh, fuck.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because like like you mentioned the the dynamic between you and your brother how like when you were younger you were the strong one and and it's kind of switched and I feel like it's almost kind of the same for me and my brother like I remember when my parents would fight and it wasn't like I, I consciously was like, I have to stay strong because everybody else in the family is, you know, emotional right, right. right now and, you know, whatever. But, like, like I didn't react to my parents fighting or threatening divorce or anything like a normal brain would, I guess. Like, I didn't cry, I didn't get upset, like, whatever. And, like, I remember my brother would get super emotional about it, and he was older than me. And it's funny because I do think that, like, like part of my problem is when we were younger, when I was, you know, nine and he was 12, and he would be upset and crying because mom was threatening to leave, or they were throwing shit at each other, or fighting, or whatever, and my brother was crying, was 12 years old, and I was nine, and was like, okay. <laughs> this happens all the time, whatever. Like, I think in my head, like, back then, I was like, I'm stronger than him. Right. I'm better than right. him. Because I'm not being a big, weenie, emotional, sad baby about it. And... Now I'm like, (laughs) yeah, worked out well, didn't it? (laughs) But I think, like, I think, like, I carried that my whole life. Like, feeling like having emotions made me a weak-ass baby. And, like, I was better than other people because I I wasn't, like, stereotypical fly-off-the-handle emotional woman. Like, not me. I'm chill. (laughs) (laughs) And, And, like, it just, it totally fucked up my oh there's one more thing i want to talk about sorry just fuck that thought Uh, Ah! um i have to add to it though i have to add oh okay go ahead go ahead okay hang on pause okay cassie's gonna add something and then i'm going to tell you my big new revelation go okay I feel like in my
1: family it was the opposite because I was emotional. Like, I don't get me wrong, like, I did take things really, um, really hard when it came to my dad and everything. But I feel like I carried all of the emotion for the entire family. Does mm. that make sense? Where it's like, yeah. I feel like I can't let anyone else bear this load because it's right. overwhelming so I'm just going to carry all of this
0: emotion and I'm gonna um that's interesting like that's funny how like we were different right. but our mindsets were the same right, right. you know what I mean like we were different but for the same reason right right
1: exactly right. so it's like I'm going to um carry all of this emotion so no one else would have to feel the pain
0: mm. so yeah interesting yeah okay so my revelation last night i was super happy about this so one of the things in therapy that we talk about a lot is how i don't feel my feelings Uh which you know we were just discussing (laughs) (laughs) no thank you and this confused me because i always thought like feeling your feelings was like getting to the root of why you had those feelings you know so like what i do instead of feeling my feelings in my body and saying okay, my stomach hurts, that's moving to my chest, like, my hands are tingly, my brain feels foggy, like, this is all going on, this is what I'm actually physically feeling, instead I say, okay, I'm upset about something, what is it, this happened, this happened, this happened, why does this upset me, why does it, and, like, I break it down, I overanalyze, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes this is, like, a two-week process, and then I'm like, okay, now I know why I was upset Monday. cool. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So... I thought I was, fe- I thought that was feeling my feelings. Right. Like, labeling them, analyzing them, picking them apart. I thought that was it. So it confused me when I'm hearing, like, feel your feelings. And I'm like, that's what I'm doing. And they're like, no, we mean, like, literally. And I'm like, okay, but what's the point in that? Like, how does it help me to be like, my tummy hurts? Right. <laughs> like, how does that help me emotionally? That just makes me realize my tummy hurts. Like, I don't get it. So last night I saw a video about how basically a big issue I have with communication is because I take so long to process and pick apart those feelings before I can get down to the bottom of why I'm feeling it. I like something will happen Monday and it'll be next Friday and I'll be like, "Okay, it upset me that that, uh, he put that cup on the table because I related it to this. And that totally makes sense and is valid, but like it's two weeks later, I can't fucking bring it up right, now. Right, right. Like last week, you put a cup on the table, and here's why it upset me. Like that's silly. So I just don't bring it up, you know? And then obviously, like it was just a cup on the table, so if he does it again, like he may not ever do it again. I may never get the chance to say this upsets me because XYZ. But this guy was basically saying that like he learned to feel his feelings, so when he would feel his feelings, he would say, okay, my chest is tight, my fingers are tingly, this is the feeling of being hurt, or sad, or jealous, or angry, or happy, or whatever. Like, And he would figure out what that feeling was, and the feel, the physical attributes of that feeling. And then, later, when something would make him feel a feeling, he would say... Okay, my chest is tight, my fingers are tingly, my, my whatever. Uh, And then he would immediately know what he was feeling instead of having to spend two weeks analyzing what he was feeling. He could say in that moment, wow, you putting that cup on the table made my chest tighten up and made my fingers tingly. And that means that I'm hurt. And I'm hurt because it reminds me of this terrible thing that happened to me as a kid or whatever. Like, that's a silly example, obviously. But but basically, it allows him to process it much faster. Uh-huh. And, like, I feel like I had have not really done any work on feeling my feelings because I could not understand what the point of it was. Like, I didn't get how it helped me. And, the, like, this TikTok I watched about it, I was like... That's why I'm supposed to feel my feelings. So that I know what my feelings feel like when they come up. And (laughs) and I can immediately associate them with, okay, that makes me happy. That makes me sad. Instead of just being like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I don't like. I don't know what I like. Like, if I recognize those feelings in my body instead of immediately skipping over them because I've been doing it for so long I don't even have feelings in my body hardly. Like, they're so... Uh, buried? Like push yeah. down that, like, yeah. I just jump right to overanalyzing what is happening, and then like I come up with all these entirely too like cockamamie reasons for having this feeling, and like overly can't explain yeah. it. Right, exactly. Like I pick it apart too much. So anyway, I thought that was a really great revelation, and for anybody else who keeps fucking hearing feel your feelings and doesn't understand how or why (laughs) that's very uh, helpful
1: because i am the same way where i'm like
0: okay feel my feelings yes i feel
1: feelings a lot (laughs) like i have a lot of just feel um, all in my head i feel a lot of emotions okay (laughs) i am an emotional person and i do feel feelings. so what do you mean (laughs) and so that that is very helpful thank you for that
0: New no problem. So I think that is all I have about my life.
1: Just a heads up to everyone, I do not. I um, deactivated my Facebook. So if you are on the group or anything like that, I am not there.
0: Okay, so we have a bright spot from Amber again this week. She said her bright spots for 2021 were a new home, new cars, new careers, new family structure to include even more love. And she quit drinking December 30th was her her last drink. So she finished the year with a clear and sober mind and is feeling awesome about it. And I also saw today that she started out her morning clear headed and with some yoga. And that is such an awesome step to take in life. Like I obviously have no problem with partaking in drinking or whatever to chill out every now and then but you know you're going to recognize when it's a problem and she clearly has and has decided to cut that out and that is amazing awesome job
1: awesome we are so proud of you and i know you have worked very hard to get to where you're at so congratulations just keep on going girl we love you and we're here for you okay that
0: was it that was all the bright <laughs> <laughs> 2021 sucked okay <guys. laughs> <laughs> And that's fine, (laughs) because it's 2022 now, Um, and we're onward and upward out here. Let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) Vingy, you Alrighty. uh, I have no idea what the next episode is about, and I'm not even going to look it up. Do we even have anything planned? (sighs) Uh,
1: Reflection. And then there's a blank for the next episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because we haven't (laughs) planned anything else. (laughs) Okay, hold on. So, big surprise for next time, guys. So on our next episode, we are
1: talking about noticing red flags and recognizing green flags in relationships and friendships as well. So that episode will post on January 25th, and we will catch you then. Wait, no. When is it posted? 24th. (laughs) It's the 24th. That episode will post on January 24th, so we will catch you then. Have a good week, guys. (laughs) All right, bye. (laughs) Why? Why? How how does it happen every time?
0: How? (laughs) Listen, you stole my line. Usually I will catch you next week.